This is a very well-known text if you're a pastor. Uh, and any pastor of any church, this is that text. Look at verse 7. But unto every one of us is given a grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, and let, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Look at verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12. Now the others are in a whole other Bible study. But verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Let me back up. So here we are in verse number 12. For the perfecting that is growing. Every Christian should be growing. If you look at the next one, it says, for the work of the ministry, every Christian should be going. So every Christian should be growing. Every Christian should be going. And then look what it says here, for the edifying of the body of Christ, every Christian should be glowing. Don't you love that? I got that one in the middle of the night. Every Christian should be what? Growing. Every Christian should be going. And every Christian should be what? Glowing. I got that in the middle of the night. Can I say that again? Anyway, so if you'll look there in verse number 14, that. The reason that God gives us spiritual leaders, and let me pause and just say there are no longer apostles and there are no longer prophets. The reason there are no longer apostles and there are no longer prophets is because apostles were those who saw Jesus. The reason we do not need apostles anymore because you have Jesus living on the inside of you. Prophets are those who received a message from God and gave a message out to the people. We don't have prophets anymore. Because we already have the completed message of God. So you don't need an apostle in your life. You don't need a prophet in your life. Because you have Jesus living right there in earthen vessel. And then you have the word of God, the message of God. But he does give us the following three evangelists. Those who, the, those who are uh, gospel oriented. They give us pastors. Those who are people oriented. And then they give us teachers. Those who are doctrine oriented. Those three are very important. A well rounded Christian is somebody that is going to have a good relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the apostle. They are going to have a great relationship with the message that comes across. God changed me. I'm committed to the message. And then they are going to have that gospel part of them that they're giving the gospel out. This is that well-rounded Christian. And then they're going to have people skills. That's what a pastor does. Somebody should confuse you as the pastor. Men, not ladies. But it should be that people skill. You go to that requirement as pastors and every believer, every believer should look at that and say, you know, you know, that, that, that's those skills I want to be, I want to, I want to have. You, you know what should happen is if I drop dead right here, right now, and uh, the next service that any one of our men should be able to get up and take God's word and preach the word and let's just get this thing done. But understand, then we have those who are able to take and teach the word of God and those who are able to teach the doctrine. So as we come through, why is this so important? Why is it important for you to have these five relationships with Jesus, with the message, with the gospel, with people, and then with doctrine? It's for the perfecting, for the 
have to say it one more time. Is that okay? For the growing of the saint, for the going of the saint, and for the glowing of the saint. Because here's why. Verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every what? Wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Listen, we all are growing up into him. We are not growing up into speculations. We're growing up into him. The more that you grow up into him, the less darkness there will be in your life. The less question marks there will be in your life. You should not be growing, going, and glowing. I love it. Make a bumper sticker. You should not be this person and then all of a sudden be 20 years down this path and say, oh, you know, I'm just not sure. No, 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 no. The Bible says that we are to grow up and into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. From whom? Very interesting. He now goes back to whom? Church work is not about anything other than the whom, and that is Christ. Everybody must remember that. Church work is not about the pastor right now. Church work is not about the Apollos or the Paul in our lives. Church work is about Christ. And it says this, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint, what does what please, supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure now, if you take that, the effectual working in the measure, what should we be supplying? We should be supplying what those five offices right there bring to the table. We should be supplying everybody with Jesus Christ and what he means to us. We should be supplying everybody with, hey, we got to get the gospel out. We should be supplying everybody with, hey, we got to be pastors. We got to make sure that our people skills are where they need to be. We should be supplying with everybody, hey, let's make sure we have the should be this supplying when there is one part of the body that is dying that means it's not getting the nourishment from the rest of the body that it should be getting so this body here that he talks about is fitly joined together and compacted that by which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in every measure of every part look at this making what increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in what? Love. A church. I'm a firm believer that a church, the longer that we are together, the more that we should be growing and the more we should be edifying. But the tighter we become should not lead us to speculation. It should lead us to answers about God. We should be walking out with answers. We should spend our time in the knowledge of him. So we find here then, and here's what I want to talk to you about tonight. What happens though when this body that is fitly joined together and we have been used to being compacted. We, we have been on a journey. 
So let's illustrate this, and I'm not going to insult your intelligence because I have used this illustration before, but if I can get you four guys right here, and then Luke, if I can get you to come help me, you guys come on. Frankie, could I use you? That'd be okay. Brother Joe, could I use you? Brother Jesse, could I use you? Brother David, could I use you? And Caesar, you knew it was coming. Young married man, get up here. And uh, y'all line up just shoulder to shoulder, kind of spread out, if you will. It's, it's, it, and I'm not trying to insult your intelligence, just kind of spread out. Get some distance between you. Keep going, keep going, Noah down. Keep going, Caesar, off the platform, just kind of spread out. Perfect. If this is the church, number one, may I say this, this is one ugly church. <laughs> If this is the church, let's get some women in this church. Amen. When the Bible talks about adorning the gospel. But you have here a church. God never designed for there to be gaps in the membership. God never did. When we talk about this, the Bible says, from whom that is Christ. So what is that bond between you and I? Is the bond between you and I where we were born? No. How many were born up north? Would you raise your hand? How many are having a hard time with southern rules? Yeah. How many are having a hard time with southern temperatures? Okay. How many miss your snow? How many miss your galoshes? Yeah. How many miss your, your hat that you wear for eight months out of the year? Amen? Yeah, absolutely. How many miss snowbanks getting stuck? How, yes. How many miss shoveling snow out of your driveway? Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. How many are in the south and you think they should build the wall at the, at the Mason-Dixon line to keep everybody else out? See? There you go. How many, when a Yankee comes down, the first thing we need to do is send them to language school to learn how to talk? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying, right? Right? You know? So, so our bond is not. Listen, our bond is not where we were born geographically. How many still are convinced that the state of Texas needs to secede from the union? Would you raise your hand? Okay, there you go. There you go. See, see, that's not our bond. How many are city people? How many are city people? You just are, yeah, the graffiti king right there. How many are city? How many are, yes, you're city people. How many are country people? I don't want to be around nobody. There you go. How many want to make, wake up in this, mor in this morning, make up, wake up, wake up in the morning, and you want to hear a rooster and smell manure? How many are just, that's what you want to do? There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. How many polishing your boots are done this way? Okay. How many have to be close to a Walmart? Would you raise your hand? See? So, so it, 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 our common bond is not where we were born. Our common bond is not are you city or are you country. Our common bond is not even the make of the vehicle you drive. Today. 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 Brother Man got in my truck and he said, oh, I'm not even going to try it. What did you say? Oh, he said, he got out of his Ford, came over to my Chevy, and he said, I'm, I'm just taking a step down. And I'm like, this Brother Pentecoffer, be quiet. And, and, and you and Brother Man, go take your fours. Anyway, so, and, and, I, and I just wanted to, I just, I, 
mm, I, I want to, but he's a better man than I am because he has two ends in his name. And I'm telling you that, 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 so, so our bond is not, how many would love it if blue jeans and a Western snap shirt were God's attire for church? How many would love that? How many want to hang somebody who created the tie? Yes. Yes. How many believe a hat? That you have worn for 30 years with sweat rings everywhere should be proper attire inside a house. How many believe inside a building? Yeah, there are some of you that need a hat right now, Brother Hampton. So I'm telling you. So our common bond here at the church. I am totally amazed when somebody comes and joins our church that, that uh, I'm like, oh, oh, the funniest story I have ever heard. And I won't reveal the names, uh, but to those of you that were there that day, um, the funniest story that I've ever been a part of was we were holding a meeting and some men came in and we we're getting ready to go out and knock some doors and, and this was years ago and uh, and I was introducing men you know introducing men and uh, a gentleman was sitting there from Russ County and uh, somebody was sitting there from uh, uh, Upshur County Russ County is, is down south of here Upshur County is north of here but we're all part of East Texas y'all and so I said uh, hey brother so-and-so this is brother so-and-so and uh and uh, the, the one brother from this county looked at the other brother from this county. And this brother said to this brother, said, oh, you're part of that redneck. Russ County rednecks. And this brother said, would you like to take that outside? And I'm like, oh, oh, y'all hang on. Hang on. It's getting serious right about now. The bond that we have here is not even in your choice of foods. It's not. Like, how many like good old Texas barbecue? You like Texas barbecue? Yeah. How many like North Carolina? Caleb, you better be raising your hand. North Carolina bar. See, see, Caleb has issues. Brother Londo, are you serious? Y'all have issues because it's vinegar-based. Who wants vinegar for barbecue? Amen? So, but the bond here is not what's going on up here. It is not where these guys are from. Look what it says there. From whom the whole body fitly joined together. Do you know what the bond is? It's Jesus Christ. How many would agree we would disagree in a hundred things, but how many love the Lord Jesus Christ? Would you raise your hand? Yep. Let me tell you something. The Lord Jesus Christ all of a sudden takes a church and it becomes the bond that we're in. The plants uh, just recently joined our church and teen convention. It was like, hey, y'all want to come on and help a teen convention. And here's these brand new members and, and uh, Brother Plant is an English teacher and at Orr City and Miss Plant is a Spanish assistant at Harmony High School and so here they are, they've been around young people all this time, all these years and all the sense they come on let's go to teen convention, they go with us to teen convention and they're helping with the teenagers and by the last night the look on their face was like, I'm worn out, somebody just give me a bed. It's different than having eight hours with a teenager and spending all night with a teenager plant said I finally went to bed let them do what they want to do I mean she was up praying for them all night I should not have said that but 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 know this the thing that brings us together is Jesus Christ but not just that he is not just to be our bond but we are to be fitly joined together so you guys lock arms lock arms and you've seen me use this illustration uh, a lot you've seen other preachers use the illustration but not just lock arms we are to be look what it says fitly joined together and what compact is so just kind of get in there get in there and uh, Joe I'm so sorry that you have to be so now they're compacted and the bible says now that they are to 
edify itself in love. So start hugging on each other. No, I'm kidding. And uh, edify itself in love. And what it literally means is that this, this is a driving force. And I illustrated it the other night. I'm going to take it one step further. This is that driving force that when you step forth, I just want you to say, I love you. You got it? So take one. Gideon. Gideon's like, all right. Uh, so one, I say three. Step forward together in unison and say, I love you. But give it passion. Amore. All right, here we go. You ready? You ready? One, two, three. I love you. It were supposed to be edifying in love. That's kind of odd. A lot of men behind me telling me they love me. And uh, so this is the way it's supposed to be. Now the question comes, what does a church do? When one is missing. This is when a church can all of a sudden get off track. Because stay right where you're at. So what do you do when all of a sudden... Go sit down, Ben. Don't move. When all of a sudden something happens, the time that it takes to close ranks, the devil can get in. The time that it takes for us to come to grips, the devil can get in. I'm preaching to tonight as your pastor, overseer. Not by constraint, not because I have no other choice, but because I love my Lord and I take my responsibility very seriously. Take your Bibles, if you will, and let's look at several scriptures. I want you to go to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So it is possible that through the years, and it is how church work works, is through the years, that all of a sudden among us, there are people that we were fitly joined together. There are people that we shared this commonality inside this body of believers that all of a sudden, they're missing. Now, there is a gap. And Joe, I'm going to let you sit down. And so just leave a gap. There you go. And now there's a gap here. And I'm going to let you go sit down. And now there's a gap here. And so, so now a church can find themselves with, with gaps. These gaps are created by several possibilities. We're going to look at the first one. And you guys can have a seat. Look at the first one. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are, what please, asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which, what, sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. I love this passage. The first possible gap that you could find of why somebody is no longer fitly joined together and why somebody is no longer among us is because they die. The Bible calls it they fall asleep. Such is the case with Brother Zinn. It is a very difficult thing for the past couple of days for me to even come up to the office. The family came up and I saw their vehicle up here as I was coming up to the office, I just had to turn around and go away. I think it was probably Tim that came up to the office up here. And Tim kind of went through the office and kind of garnered things that were Brother Zen's. This next week, I have to go into the office and take all the business things that he was involved with. There were 15 projects that Brother Zen and I were intimately involved in that he was my liaison. 
This is difficult. And y'all listen to this. Our church now has a gap. And that gap, but I'm telling you that through the years we have experienced people that have gone on to be with the Lord that used to sing in our choirs, they were our teachers. I was reminded today of Brother Bill Nelson's death that night coming back from Shreveport. I was reminded just a couple of days ago, Miss Kelly and I were cutting through the backside by George Ritchie, and we came up to the intersection where Terry Hill on his motorcycle was truck by truck. And I remember that night so vividly. We were playing ball, Little League, and a policeman showed up, and he said, uh, back before any cell phones, and he said, hey, um, I'm supposed to see a Bob Gray the second. I said, that's me. And he said, hey, one of your members was just uh, hit by a truck. And his boys were out there playing ball. And, uh, and I got Terry. And I said, Terry, uh, we need to go. We went and met his mother and his aunt at the hospital. And uh, walked in. Terry was just young. Had no idea. Baseball uniform on. And had to sit there. Those among us. They, they were part of this yoke. They were part fitting together. That's one reason why there's a hole. In church, if we don't know what to do when someone like of this caliber, a caliber of brothers in, y'all listen to this, a caliber. I literally could call brothers in at any time and say, I need you to represent me on this level. And he would go speak on behalf of our church and represent you. And would do such an excellent job that people would come back and say, look, uh, look, I'm, I don't know who that man is, but that man is par excellence. And yet God gave him to our church. And in years to come, we are going to say goodbye to good people. Ed Williams, and I've got to be careful because I'm starting to go down. Ed Williams cracks me up. He's in heaven right now, still cracking me up. Probably the funniest story is Ed Williams could not stand missionaries. Am I right, Brother Smith? Couldn't stand Every time we'd bring a missionary, he'd get up out of that pew and walk out that back door. And it was like, Ed, he goes, I just can't get over it, Pastor. Can't get over it. So what's really funny about it is, I think he was out to eat with Brother Bowen, and, or met Brother... Or, uh, uh, yeah, out with y'all. And so anyways, so I guess he said, I like that Brother Bowen. I, I like him. He's funny. And then Brother Smith had to break the news to him. He's a missionary. <laughs> and the look on Ed's face, when even when he was telling me the story, he goes, I guess God's trying to tell me to love missionary. I hope the very first person that met Ed when he stepped into heaven was Adoniram Judson. I, <laughs> I, hope Ed's, I hope Ed's mansion is bunched to, next to a bunch of missionaries. That's all there is to it. Brother Camadina, I'm thinking about your dad. And uh, putting that sign over the side of his car and being a witness for Jesus. I'm thinking about uh, Miss Jennifer and Brother Joe, your grandfather and your father. I'm just thinking about him, him just stately man. We could go on and on. So understand that sometimes this fitly joined body of believers starts missing a member because of death. If you'll go to 2 Timothy, we'll go to Colossians chapter 4. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 4. So this, this body that's fitly joined together, that God says we should be in the bond of spirit and unity of peace, 
Look at Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 4. This is the second reason that we miss somebody among us. Colossians 4, 4. Luke, the beloved physician, and what, who please? Demas. Colossians 4, 14. Did I say 4, 4? I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's not my fault. And uh, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 14. Luke, the beloved physician, and who? Demas. Greet you. Go to Philemon chapter 3. Thank you, John. Philemon, if you will. Look at verse 23. There's only one. Philemon, verse 23. Look what it says there, Philemon. And again, I'm going to protest all thumb thumb index people. And what's really sad is you can't find it. Okay. That's what's funny. Okay. Look at at, uh, Philemon, verse 23. There salute the Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, Marcus, Aristarchus, who? Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. So we're finding now that there's this man in these two verses named Demas. Now go to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 10. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 10. For Demas hath forsaken me. Are you there? 2 Timothy 4.10. For Demas hath forsaken me, having what, please? Loved this present world. So now you have somebody that was among the ranks there that now is no longer there. Somebody leaves the ranks of fitly joined together and we have this bond, we have this yoke, we have this supplying and so somebody is missing because of death. Then we find out in scripture that somebody is missing because they fall in love with this present world. Please listen to this. Do not be too hard on people who fall in love with this present world. Because by the grace of God, it could be you and I. Sometime this present world, because of past habits and past addictions and past things that have gone on, sometimes it's a default exit that people run to when they get themselves in a little bit of a depressed state. I will tell you this, the world has a draw to it that you and I flirt with in our mind, but some people fulfill in their bodies. And it just is the case. But it is true that all of a sudden they're here today and then we see them on social media. We see them out in public that all of a sudden it's like why are you engaging in such behavior? Know this, this is now another reason that there's a gap or people are missing. Now if you would, if you would go to Romans chapter 16. I am so sorry. Go to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. And I'll tell you, each of these, there, there has a response associated with it. Okay? So each of these, there is a response with each of these people. But look at Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas, Simeon, that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Acts 13.2. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. Another reason why somebody was missing from this rank and imagine the church fitly joined together. The churches you have attended, the church 
church I have attended, the church we are now attending. That some people are missing from this rank because they've graduated to heaven. Some people are missing from this rank because the pull of the world Monday through Saturday was so great that it that they just cannot they cannot bring themselves to 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 just just go back to church. Then there are those people that God calls and that is sanctioned by the church that now they are sent out. I am thinking about a lot of people that uh, are like, hey, God bless us. Yes, let's go get this thing done. I'm the brother man, I'm thinking about your son-in-law and your daughter that now are in Boise, Idaho. I'm thinking about the Marquezes that are in California. I'm thinking about John David Matney and Crystal that are in South Africa. I'm thinking about just a lot of people right now that through the years, it was like we're going to say goodbye to, to our to our home church because we've been called. We've been called. And, and it's very clear here in Acts chapter 13 that the church sanctioned this separation because they were doing the work of the ministry. So some people are not in this body anymore because they graduate to heaven. Some people are not in this body anymore because the pull of the world was too great. Some people are not in this body anymore because they've been called by by God, sanctioned by the church to go to the work of the ministry. Go to Romans chapter 16 and verse number 17. Romans chapter 16 and verse number 17. It says, Now I beseech you, brethren, Romans being the entire book, first half of the book about doctrine, second half of the book about behavior. Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. There are some people that are missing from the church rank because of bad doctrine. Because the doctrine no longer equals the doctrine of the church they attend. Because of that, there is holes that are in our church. So all four are always present when churches are going on. All four are always present. There are always people that are going to be dying. There are always people that are going to be going off into the world. There are always people that are going to be called from among us to go serve God someplace else. And there's always going to be those whose doctrine is contrary to our doctrine. And instead of causing division, then they will leave. Now, what is a church to do? It's very simple what a church is to do. Three things if you'll write them down. Number one, close ranks. Close ranks. Not for the sake of fighting, but for the sake of edifying in love. Please, that third core value, proper treatment of others, which we still have not switched and gotten order. Proper treatment, still bothering you, isn't it, Miss Kelly? Which way should it go? This one should match this one? Okay. Robert, would you make sure this side matches this side? Because I'm tired of hearing it, and I'm tired of sleeping on the couch, all right? So this is the side that is right. Preeminence of Christ, propagation of the gospel, and what does that say? Proper treatment of others. Listen to this. There should be this proper treatment of all four. 
Because the Bible says that those who are gone by death, you know what our job is to Mrs. Zen? Our job as a church is to comfort you and to tell you he's coming, Jesus is coming back with your husband one day and you get to meet your husband together. I love that word, together. And together we'll be there forever. Do you know days after we lay Brother Zen to rest, that lady back there is still going to need somebody to wrap her arms around and still going to need the ladies to stop by indiscriminately at, at odd times uh, under the leading of the Holy Spirit just to say, hey, Mrs. Zen, how you doing? We are to pray for them. Do you know what we're supposed to do with the demises that leave? We are absolute proper treatment, right here, proper treatment is, is that we are not to talk about them being away from us. We are not to talk about anything that they get themselves into, and we are to pray for them. Do you know what we're supposed to do with those who leave us to go start churches someplace or go to the mission field? We are to communicate with them, and we are to let them know, hey, we love you here. How's it going? And those who have contrary doctrine, guess what we are to do? We are to avoid. Yeah. Bible's very clear. I didn't write the book. I just tell you what the book says. Amen. We are to avoid, and here's why. Because at the expense of discussion, you can violate proper treatment of others. And there does come a time. I do not think that when a church loses members on those four levels, by death, by the world, by the ministry, or by bad doctrine, I do not think when a church loses members of that, that the church becomes weaker. You see, we... We think of church in practice, we think in church as from a worldly mindset that, oh no, oh no, we're losing numbers and we're losing income. Those are the last two things that should ever be of a concern. Did you hear that? Those are the last two things that should ever be of a concern. Because we still have one thing going for us at Emmanuel. You know what it is? Our common bond, which is Jesus Christ. And we have that ability to just simply say, come on church, let's close ranks, let's just get in here tight, and let's just love as much as we can love, and let's edify. I don't want to be a part of any church that is not edifying itself in love. Listen to this, yes, there are tough days you're going to face, and yes, there are tough days we're going to face as a church, but please know this, that God is always meant for every joint to be supplying. Supplying what? Things that make for love. Not supplying things that make for hate. Let me say that again. When we get together, our common bond is Jesus. When we close the ranks, our common bond is the Lord. We are to edify each other in love. Because you see, we already know who we are and what we believe. And who we are and what we believe will never change as long as I'm pastor. But I will not be party to a lynch mob. Just will not be party to it. Those three core values that are right on this side and wrong on this side are in effect preeminence of Christ. Propagation of the gospel to the world. Proper treatment of others. Camp, there was a pastor there named Rusty Hammer. 
That's his name. Rusty Hammer. I think that his son's name is Stanley. And, uh, and... But he was, he was, he was preaching. And uh, as only that, 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 that tall, langly, gangly pastor with boots. Is he from Oklahoma, right? Kansas. Boots, and he's just that kind of guy. I mean, he's, he, I, I'm, he was here one night for the service. And, but he was preaching on Ephesians 4.32, and he said this, And be ye kind one to another. It didn't say be nice, he said. It said be kind. Because when you're nice, you'll compromise. But when you're kind, you can state what you believe. And the disposition that your pastor has is I had to learn, I will be very kind. But I will state what I have to say. And then I will smile. And then I'll go on about my day. Because I am not on a journey to find out. I know what I believe. And my belief system is not up for anything other than a statement of what I believe. Church, listen to this. I do not believe in a universal church. I believe in a local, visible body of believers that have assembled that have the same salvation, grace through faith. And that have the same mission, conforming to the image of God's Son. And have the same commission, and that is take the gospel to the lost and dying world.